Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores. I am the host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of this show, Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is episode Cristiano Ronaldo, Edward. (laughs) I can't believe you went with that. But yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. If people don't know what we're meaning, it's obviously episode seven. (laughs) Um, Thoughts and prayers to Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he was t- he tested positive for COVID, and I mean, he seems to be doing okay. I mean, when he posts stuff on social media, so I feel like the fact that he's very active, I think he's be- going to be able to beat this. Obviously, his his genes are going to beat COVID. Probably, man. He's going to run run away from COVID. That's what he's going to do. He's going to freaking he's going to do the body faints and the what's he say? The bicicletas, bicycles. Yeah, that's not how you call it, though. A step overs, there you go. You can do the step overs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're the expert on that. Oh, yeah. All right. So we got a very interesting episode today. Um, obviously the same old stuff. Obviously we're going to have some game recaps. We're going to have some, obviously announce our players of the week, have some game previews. But we're going to do a little bit different uh, here today. We are going to attempt, at least give you guys our proposal on how to fix the MLS. And uh, I think we have some good ideas. I don't know, Edward, what do you think? Uh, I'm looking at them and I actually prefer them over the actual ideas that are in place now. So we already got the Eurosnob involved and and on board (laughs) for it. So I think that we're looking pretty shabby. Anyways, uh, Edward, we're going to start this episode off. And go ahead and I want you to tell me, man. Could you name me a player that you think is overrated? Okay, if I say this, I'm I'm honestly not even sorry for saying this. But Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Like all There's my like Mexican, a bunch of Mexican girls I, right now crying as we speak as you uh, just stated that Chicharito is overrated. Oh, I don't really care. Like honestly, I don't. No, no, no. Chicharron. Yeah, no. <laughs> Like even it's so funny because uh, if you have seen the Bud Light Seltzer commercials, they make fun of him too. Like they try to bring up what? Yeah, you haven't seen that. I saw, I literally just saw it today. Is it like in like Univision? And- yeah, yeah. Oh, that's probably why. No, no, and it's funny because he's laying down in the poolside with one of his friends. It's not even. I don't think it's a famous player or anything. And then it's like his brain when he drinks it. Uh, his brain apparently is trying to relive something other something other than that's not soccer because apparently that's all he 
likes to say that all his accomplishments in soccer, he's accomplished a lot. I'm not going to take that away from him. But Mr. Alex Ferguson did see something in him. Yeah, but it's just, man, he was so overhyped and everything. I just felt like he didn't deserve all that hype. He didn't deserve all the all the credit that he got for being how he was. I mean, granted, he scored with his face. One time, you know, I mean, that was pretty epic. Then, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean obviously, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, he is the leading goal scorer in Mexico's history. Yeah, um, but I mean, you and me both kind of already have a player in mind that we both think would probably have surpassed that record if he, if had, he had played the already. Play time the playing time, Raúl Jiménez. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, it, no, yeah, Chicharito is very overrated. I mean, it was it was when Real Madrid lo- got him on loan. Um, a lot of people were like, man, why are you hating on Chicharito? And I'm like, the dude is, for what Real Madrid needed, they needed someone that wasn't a poacher. And I mean, someone that can create goals. Yeah. And Chicharito can't do that. But can he be in the right place at the right time? Oh, guaranteed. I yeah. mean, that's the whole reason of being a poacher. Um, which isn't negative or anything. I'm, sh- I'm sure everybody hears the word poacher. Doesn't I mean, dude, I mean, Slatan Mubarimovic is a poacher, but he can actually create plays out of his ass. Yeah, and he, he scores some nasty goals. I mean, even Chicharito. I mean, yes, he poaches, but I don't. I don't. I'm gonna sit here and tell you, like, I'm like, oh my god, like, you know, like he scored a goal or something like that. I think it was in the last World Cup that he just recently, recently started playing as a um, as an attacking playmaker, where he actually stopped, looked where he was gonna pass at the ball and everything. I think it's because that's what he even tried to give a shot. When he played at Bayern Leverkusen, I feel like that's what they demanded from him. I mean, he did really well. Yeah, he did in Leverkusen. He did really well. I was actually thinking, but, uh, okay, he's good there. But yeah, no, when I think of, of that, the, the German, the, the, the World Cup in Russia, uh, 2018, um, that World Cup, I, when I think of Mexico, I think of Chucky Lozano, Lozano's goal that he scored off of Manuel Noor in, 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 in that Germany game. Yeah. Cause I mean, Chucky Lozano, I mean, some people might tell you that Chucky Lozano is overrated. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, he can actually play. Yeah, the kid can play. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you with Chicharito that that dude is overrated. I don't, I think the accolades that he's got is just because of the fact of his namesake. I mean, obviously his father also played soccer. Um, but I think the Mexican national team used him for too long and it definitely didn't help the development in, in Raul Jimenez. Which, I mean, now he's looking like a stud right now. But, I mean, obviously we know if he had his opportunities a lot sooner than he did. Because, I mean, he also went, he became a journeyman also, uh, Raul Jimenez. Oh, yeah. He was with Atletico Madrid. Benfica. Benfica. Um, wasn't he with Wolves? Or is he with Wolves? He's with Wolves right now. Yeah, so it's like... But he just yeah. never was able to get his spot on the team. And not not until he came and started playing for Wolves. Yeah, exactly. So he, he stood there for a minute. He was... He's been he's been he's been moving around. I guess I just hope that with Wolves he can find that that place where he belongs. And right now with the EPO being with teams you don't even expect to be winning or to even come out as underdogs, like Wolves have a big chance. Oh yeah, they, I mean they've been getting better and better each year. Yeah, from, you know since they got promoted back into the EPO. Um, but for me, man, a player that I think is overrated, and this is gonna. And it took a few heartstrings, um, especially for, for fellow Arsenal fans and also an Arsenal fan myself. <laughs> um, but I have to say it, it's Hector Bellerin. Oh, man. Uh, and I mean, this is a guy that has a Hector Bellerin jersey. But, yeah, he does. Uh, Bellerin is overrated. I mean, like, 
Um, like the fact that like I see uh Niles, uh the 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 English player that now that oh, also right. um, that plays right back for for Arsenal or can play right back. He can also play in the right right wing. Um, he's made me believe like, man, you know what? Let's let's just get rid of Hector Bellerin. I mean, we don't really need him. I mean. He's he's a name. He's, he's a name that a lot of people have been interested in getting, and Arsenal just hasn't really I mean, pulled the trigger. He was linked to like Barcelona. He was linked to Real Madrid. And he I think uh, yeah, time to pull the trigger. I mean, I think we're good. I think Hector Bellerin can go on elsewhere because I think you have a young, promising English player. Because um, I mean, that's kind of what you want to do in the appeal is try to develop more English talent. And I mean, Arsenal has kind of become that place where there's a lot of young English players. You know, you uh, you have Saka, you have. Um, well, there's a long list of guys. I mean, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but there's a lot of guys uh, that do that are young and up and coming English players that are coming from Arsenal. Uh, Eddie Niketea, um, uh, Nelson. Like I said, a lot of English young English players are playing in Arsenal right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, personally, though, what, Shaka was the only one that I probably had in mind right now at the moment. Well, Shaka is not English. I thought you said. No, you said soccer, right? Soccer. Oh, my bad. Ooh, my mind, my ears were somewhere else at the moment. Ooh, <laughs> so sorry. Anyways, but yeah, Hector Bellerin, I just... There's there's a sense of, like, nervousness, I feel, when, when Bellerin has the ball. And I mean, I he's, know that... He's, he's, he's got dribble. He's he, got he dribble. Can, he can, he can. He but got, he's also a liability. He is. And, and I mean... The fact that he has all this hype, and I mean, I can probably understand why for certain people. I mean, he is a good looking dude. I mean, I can get that where he gets the, the. Don't see where that came from for soccer stuff, but all right. No, but I'm, that's what I'm saying though, like, because he's in a lot of Arsenal's, like, like, he's in a lot of. Like, pictures. he's a face. He's in a lot of promotions for Arsenal. He's a face, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see where people have gotten hyped up about him just because of the fact that Arsenal used him a lot in their promotions. Yeah. That's what I was implying. So, I mean, he's you know he's a good looking dude. Um, obviously, you can definitely get the women, the appeal <laughs> of the women in the, into this. But I mean, him as a player, I mean, there was moments where you're like, you know, obviously, also the injuries don't, doesn't help Hector Bellerin as well. But I mean, he just to me at this point, he had him. He hasn't been in a position where he solidified his spot on the team, and now you have this young player in in Nate and Nathan Miles that you're kind of like. I mean, we might as well just get rid of Hector Bellerin and get some more money because we, I think we got our right back. Yeah, that's true. And, and even then, even when he plays for like the national team, I mean, think about it. He's, in, he's Spanish, right? So, I mean, who would you pick? Sergi Roberto or Hector Bellerin? Sergi Roberto has the experience. I mean, but there's also Carvajal. And there's also Carvajal. I think I think for sure I don't think he makes the he don't he doesn't make the Spanish national team because I mean you already have uh, Carvajal and you already have Sergio Roberto and you can even throw Oriol Lozola the, the yeah, young yeah, young up and coming yeah so so for me honestly I mean <laughs> Bellerin is just in a he's in a mood point I mean he probably could have maybe see I mean if he's eligible to play for another national team maybe that's the way he needs to go. Um, it is funny because, like, obviously he learned English and he has like a British accent—not really a British accent, but it has a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because obviously he just—he's been playing in England for so long. I mean, he was part of the the Barcelona Youth Academy, but then went to Arsenal's uh, Youth Academy, I believe. Yeah, but I I, <clears throat> I agree with you with him being kind of overrated on that point. He's 
he's a good player. Now, I'm not taking that away from him. It's just, but I can see what factors in that people may say, like, hey, he could be, you, you throw in La Masea. Like, you just say La Masea and they're like, ooh, this guy should be good. I mean, let's face it. If you threw that around, that's like if you see somebody that's like, oh, I got my degree from Harvard. You're like, oh, well, man, this guy's probably a genius. Probably was like a privileged child, but I mean, like, still, regardless, you, you see that Harvard flashing around your face. You're like, this guy might be able to do something. That's kind of what you think about with guys from La Masea. You're like, well, even though they didn't make it to Barcelona, clearly they, they learned something there. Like, I mean, they could make us better in some way. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right about that one, of course. I mean, players from Masia, I mean, you got Messi, Xavi, Iniesta coming out. Uh, Puyol came out of the Masia. Like, it's, you got a, a lot of players that have great names. They're, they're big names. And then they, they came out to be amazing players, great players, players that are really hard to replace. So yeah, I could see, I could see that too as well. But yeah, like I said, I agree with you on the whole, um, him being overrated. All right, man. So, you know, so the athletic is uh, a, a place that I like to use as a, a reliable source for a lot of things, uh, not only in just soccer, but just all sports in general. But um, they recently came out with an article and immediately there was like a lot of people were rejecting it. But once again, it's the athletic. Yeah. And it's not like this is like just some regular schmo writing for the athletic. Like they have some very, legitimate people writing for The Athletic. And, uh, you know, there was an article that said that the Houston Dynamo are looking to do a rebrand um, and for 2021. Um, not only do a rebrand, but they were also talking about Gabriel Brenner and the possibility of him selling his share of the Houston Dynamo. Ooh. And so, obviously, a lot of people got excited. There's a lot of people, especially Dynamo fans for change. I don't know if you're fully aware of, of this group. Um, but it's just a lot of this, just disgruntled Dynamo fans that finally had it and created this Facebook group that to the point where the Houston Dynamo ownership have, well, maybe not the ownership, but the Houston Dynamo front office has decided to start taking consideration of what they're, what they're saying. And have actually had meetings with these people because of, well, they're, they're how they're not happy with the, the, the Dynamo. Yeah. And their solution. A rebrand, which I mean, all right. So I'm going to say this about one. They were what they were saying was the possibility for the rebrand, a change of name, the change of a logo, and possibly a change of color scheme. Now, in those three things, the only thing I'm actually okay with letting them change is the badge, because I think the color scheme is great because it's a unique color scheme. Orange. It's not like a lot of teams in the not MLS have teams, that color scheme. Teams have it, yeah. I mean, FC Cincinnati has it, but I think the Dynamo just pull it off a little bit better. I think the black pops it out a little bit more than that blue. Um, and then the name, the name change. I don't think you should change the name. I think Houston Dynamo, it's fitting. I don't think, cause I mean, obviously Dynamo energy, obviously Houston is an energy yes. uh, city. Like, you know, we have a lot of energy companies that work here. Dynamic. Yeah. And so. All that makes sense. I know that there's probably nothing that screams like Houston aside from the name Houston, but like, I think that that works perfectly. I think the color, and then plus you're going to have to repaint that whole stadium if you do choose to change the color scheme as well. The seats and everything. Yeah. So I mean, like maybe, maybe keeping the color scheme is probably the, the, the better financial decision 
because um, that's going to be a lot of money to do, do do some changing. But the thing that I would say is the Dynamo could use a a newer look for the logo. And but here are some of the things that I would not want to see. One, I don't want to see a circle badge. Um, they just I just don't want them to follow the generic logos that we've been seeing. Because I mean, the Dynamo, the Dynamo logo, I like it because it's it's different. It's not like every other MLS team has that same logo. I mean, I think the circle badges we're going to start seeing more and more because, well, you know, MLS teams for some reason think that they need to copy whatever Europe is doing to gain some sort of fanship. Like I don't really to to gain notoriety. Exactly, and then obviously you you have the insert name FC. Uh, <laughs> fall uh, plan uh, plan that most most of these cities have looked at. Obviously, you have Charlotte FC, you have LA FC, you have FC Cincinnati. Different, but not really. <laughs> um, I believe FC Dallas, FC Dallas, DC United. Then you also have the Uniteds. You know, DC United, Minnesota United FC, uh, NYC FC. So there is also that. So there's not a lot of new, unique things from the MLS. I mean, yes, you have the teams like the Houston Dynamo, New York Red Bulls, maybe not, not as different as people think. Cause obviously there's a lot of Red Bull teams out there in the world. Well, that's because, um, what Red Bull, Red Bull owns partially of those teams. Yep. So that's why. But then you also have like, uh, Columbus crew. I think that's actually. I mean, that's, it's, that's it's different. That's different, but that's been that's been Columbus Crew for the, since the nineteen nineties. Yep. Um, but I mean, like, I like like San Jose Earthquakes. Like, I mean, that's American, right? The the city name and then whatever their mascot's going to be. Like, that's America, and I mean, I'm fine with that that concept. I mean, keep it like that. I mean, if you want to make it like, where you want to try to make it seem like it's a professional soccer team, maybe. Just say SC. I mean, soccer club. I mean, we're not a football club. Football, this isn't football in the US. Our football is completely different from football in Europe. So, I mean, it's okay to say soccer. Like, I mean, it's not the end of the world. How dare you, sir? (laughs) Just kidding. But that's what I'm saying, though. But, like, I think that you you make your name something that has to do with your, 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 what your city is from. I think the Dynamo makes, Makes sense for what the Dynamo is. I mean, you have Sacramento Republic, which obviously is the state capital of, of California. Right. So, I mean, you can you can do things in a way that it'll kind of work out for your city, and and, and so like that's kind of my whole thing. But it seems like the Dynamo are just going to be changing their logo, and they came out with well, I don't know what the fuck it is to be honest. I'm telling you, it's um. It's like the, the 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 cattle brand. That's what it looks like to me. It's like when they use the brand, the cattle, like talking about, hey, I don't want nobody to steal my stuff. They went ahead and did that. That's what it looks like to me. It's- no, I definitely get that. So uh, we'll we'll probably put it on our on our Instagram so you guys can see the the, the Dynamo logo. But uh, well, no, I probably will. We will. Uh, but but it just it just doesn't look appealing. Like it, I mean, it's kind of hard to read. I mean it. This is where the the orange and the black baby is not a good combination for each other because it's a really thin orange letters, so it's kind of hard to really read it if you get what I'm saying there. Um, but then you have the HD, and then on the bottom of the whatever this hexagon shield thing is, hopefully that's not the actual shape of the logo because 
that's going to be another issue because that's basically a circle logo. You're just trying to add like little corners, little corners, <laughs> little, <edges. laughs> little edges. Yeah, it's trust me, it's I, I hate it as well. I don't like it. And, so. But then on the bottom you have Houston Dynamo FC, which I don't get where the FC. I mean, I get it. it you can probably assume that there's an FC there, but people are just going to call it the Houston Dynamo. Yeah. Uh, but Houston Dynamo FC, I just at this point it's like. It's just too much to say. Just keep it Houston Dynamo. Um, and then it was funny because a lot of people, like, obviously you're not familiar with, with Houston soccer culture, but yeah. there is a supporter group called The Surge and their logo is a, a lightning bolt. And in the bottom of the little hexagon thing, there's a lightning bolt. So there's like some conspiracy theories thinking that The Surge in some way had a say in how this logo looks. Which if they did, that thing that logo is a piece of shit. If that's the oh, case, but man. um, which I like the surge. The surge is actually pretty cool. Uh, they're a pretty cool group of guys. Um, a pretty cool group of people. I shouldn't say just guys. I mean, it's it's very inclusive. Um, but yeah, the logo just sucks. And 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 let's say they do not have that stupid hexagon look. It's just then letters, which could be cool. I mean, we saw how the Rangers look. From the Scottish Premier League side, like they, that's their, yeah. their shirt badges, mm-hmm. uh, on, of the letters, the Rangers club. I don't know what really, honestly, I've never really like looked at it, but I know that it's not their actual club logo. The RC, yeah. So, I mean, if it's that, maybe be cool, but then you think of how thin those letters are. Cause it's like, what, like you said, it looks like a branding. And yeah. I mean, like I said, it was like a branding at Humpty Dumpty Ranch. And they're like, that's my, that's my, that's my cattle right there. The HD. It's like, no, no, and bro. I just feel like there's going to be the, the HD is not going to help, man. Cause you, you obviously high definition. I feel like you're, you're setting yourself up for some, for some serious memes here for some huge. Well, yeah, there, that too. Yeah. You see, you see what Look, I did there? Yeah, you saw it. He's in Dynamo. He's in Dynamo. All right. If you're listening to me, which I highly doubt. <laughs> no, no, man. Get it out there. They, they may pick this up. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I mean, I'm, I just don't know what else to say at this point because what makes you think a rebrand is going to fix all the, all the things that the fans have been complaining about? That's not what they're complaining about. They've I think complaining. the logo, the, the, the whole, the color scheme, the logo, the name, that is the last of the things that the Dynamo really care about. Yeah, every, everything is basically, it's kind of like um, you're trying to fix a, a restaurant from the outside, but then you, when you walk inside, it's like service it's the sucks. same shit. They're serving the same nasty food. They're serving the same nasty attitudes and like the, the, the tables are unclean and it's the same thing. It's basically, like, you're, you're spray painting a piece of shit gold is what you're pr- trying to do. Trying to sell it off like that too. Exactly. That makes sense. The problem is you guys are cheap at buying players. And I get it. Like, hey, if you don't have the finances, there's ways to get around it. Like a youth academy. But guess what? You don't have a youth academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to compete with Sutherland to get a player. Once again, I'm baffled by that. that mm-hmm. That's the team. We're, if you would have told me that, oh, we're competing with America from Mexico for this kid, then I'd be like, Oh shit! This is a battle, the battle of the century here. If we can if we can take a player from America, but yeah, you're right about that one. But we were competing with Sutherland. Something, someone talked, talk, spoke to this kid and said, "Hey, a dirt division team in England might be better than the Houston Dynamo." 
And he actually took it into consideration, especially if you had to keep going with this. So, which I hope, I wonder if they're still doing that, uh, that Netflix series on Sutherland. Cause if that is in there, I'm going to want to watch that because I think it's pretty <laughs> hysterical. Cause I can't wait to see their reactions with, like, you see us like complaining about how, man, I can't believe we had to compete with Sutherland. I can't wait to see on the other end, like, are we really competing with the fucking Dynamo? <laughs> are we really competing with MLS team, the Dynamo? They don't have any big name players. You know, something like that. Yeah. But, so, but, it, but that's the thing though. The, pro- the problem isn't the brand. The problem isn't the color scheme. The brand isn't it's just, this. Like it's the the problem is, is that you're freaking cheap, fucking cheap. You, you have a good manager in Tab Ramos and people are now not believing in Tab Ramos because of the fact that he just has a shitty group of players to work with. Yes, there's a few players that are in the team that are good. Like I'm going to, I'll keep speaking highly of Memo Rodriguez. You know, Mara Manotas. Kind of not doing it for me right now. Yeah, he, he kind of. It's not that he went down. It's more of like it, it, he hasn't shown up yet. Like he's exactly. still, he still hasn't shown the up. The back line. I mean, at this point, I mean, I've tried to defend this back line because I'm like the, the midfield is just not helping them. But now back line, you know what? You're not helping yourselves either. Uh, you have a goalkeeper that still needs work, and maybe if he had a solid back line, he might have a some sort of 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 source of survival, but. They're not helping him and he's not helping himself either. So this team is just a giant dumpster fire with a few bright spots on the team. But the problem is you don't have the talent. You just don't. And you have a good manager. But a lot of people don't believe in this manager. Some people are giving up on on Tab Ramos on his first year. And I mean, I can get the frustration. I still believe in Tab Ramos. I, the reason why I wanted Tab Ramos as a manager of the Dynamo is for one reason and one reason only. Youth development. I wanted him to build his team, build a solid foundation. That, and I knew that this wasn't going to be like, oh, we're going to win right away. And I, I was willing to be patient and sit here and watch the process work. But when you have a cheap front office, when you have an idiot for a, for a general manager, Matt Jordan, who once again, I'm going to say this guy needs to be fired now. Screw waiting to finish his contract. Do that, Dynamo. Get him the hell out of here. But if you, and then you're like, Oh, we want, we want people to see Houston. And I mean, they've done things to say, Hey, this is Houston. You got the Houston rappers that are in there. I mean, Mike Jones did a song for the Houston Dynamo. Paul Wall. Paul Wall. Freaking Bun B, but Bun B is basically at any stadium in Houston. Uh, but you have, you're, you're getting people like you're not, you got hold it down, right? You, you're saying hold it down. How about you finally hold it down and get us some good players? Yeah. That's exactly what we need. We, see, at this point, if they go ahead and start doing youth development, and you know me, because be, being a Euro snob, as he's so likely, you know, lovely luck to call me. But am I wrong? Well, you're not wrong. Because, I, I mean, a lot of the teams in Europe, they, they build their teams <clears throat> from the ground up. I mean, they're youth clubs. They don't just go out and buy players. Or even if because of the fact that they don't have a salary cap, they can go ahead and do that. Here in the here in the MLS, there's no there's no chance of it to be able to do that to go ahead and buy a five hundred thousand dollar player, not not players player. You can't go ahead and buy just one single player who will make a difference because then at that point, oh shit, that's my salary. And then you have and then you have those teams that don't have a foundation, bring in a solid player, and then they're basically just kind of left. Like you see, like Inter Miami before they got Gonzalo Higuain and Matuidi Mm -hmm. and 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 the other guys from Europe. When it was just Pizarro and just the guys from that they were able to salvage from other MLS teams and the MLS draft, 
I mean, he was basically just drowning in a, in a, in a talentless pool. Yeah. So, to me, once again, the, if if the Dynamo really want to make the, this team, if you really want fans to come to the games, you got to have a winning product. That, that's Houston in general. You need to have a winning product, or else people aren't going to go. And especially if you got hometown heroes, like think about it. You bring up the from the youth academy. And they're like, hey, this guy is actually from Houston. You got people who know him. You got the people that know the people. You got his family, his friends. They, they'll go ahead and bring in like more people, more crowds. And that's just that one player. Imagine if it's like two or three or four just in the team alone that are homegrown here in the Youth Development Center. They're either from Houston. They're from somewhere around here in Houston, Texas or anywhere in the U.S. But the, pro, the, the point is you're, you're growing them in your own youth academy. And they're actually becoming and developing to becoming a great player. But there isn't such a thing right now. Like, it's all just, we're still playing, like you said, with the same back line. I haven't seen anything. There's, there's no, there's no sense of competition. Like, there's no, there's no like, oh man, I might lose my job this week. Like, there's none, there's no urgency in this team. And then they did have this, they had a great comeback to draw against Minnesota United. Like, that happened. But when I, what I took from that game wasn't, oh man, we stole, we stole two points away from, from Minnesota. My thing was, where the fuck was this from the beginning? Like, where the fuck was this urgency? Where the fuck was this energy? Where the fuck was it? Like, why is it that you guys wait till the final fucking minutes of the game when you could have done this throughout the fucking game and you probably would have beat this team already? And, and, and it's like, I know we have talent. I know like the Dynamo, they have some talent in that roster. They're just so inconsistent. And I mean, like I said, I don't, I, part of it can be on the manager, but at the end of it all, you have to work with what you got. And what you got is not, not good. Not good at all. And and so for me, like the Dynamo needs, like, look at it like this. You have the Houston Dash as well in, in Houston, obviously the other soccer team. Houston Dash obviously haven't really won anything till 2020. And what was so different about 2020? They had a second year manager in Jordan Clarkson. Um, they had a massive overhaul of players. I mean, they literally brought in just a whole new group of players. They still had Rachel Daly. They still had Christy Mewis. They still had Jane Campbell. But then you added Shane Groom, Kai Naughton, and Megan Oyster. You added players that had not only experience just playing in general, but experience in the playoffs. Yeah. And these girls came together and didn't have, didn't get to have a season, a normal season like most do. They came in into a tournament and won the whole thing. And then they did this whole fall series thing. Even though they didn't win the fall series, they came up in second. So there, there's, there's signs of showing that, Hey, there's a team in Houston that's showing that they can do it right. How about you take notes, see what the fuck they did to turn their, their team around? Cause. Right now, the best team in Houston is the Houston Dash. Yeah, that's true. I mean, can't really argue on that one. But yeah, so I just think it's so stupid that they think a rebrand is going to be the cure for the Houston Dynamo. When, especially if they pull out that logo, you're going to lose some fans. You're going to lose, like, it's not so much about like the logos that bad. It's just that that's going to be, that's just going to be the, the thing that breaks the camel's back finally. Like, that's what it is. Like, this is the last straw. Like, if you think this is the solution to get fans back, you, you're, you're completely not listening to the fans. Like, Dynamo fans have, like, Dynamo fans were changed. Like, 
they they're trying to they're trying to get to this to, to understand make this front office understand what the fans want and if they don't if they can't listen to them then then clearly this this this, this organization just doesn't care yeah um i see that i see where you're coming from with all that i mean i agree with you they're they're doing this wrong they're just they're taking this they're they're taking this in a lighter step i guess you could say they're just not giving a damn honestly about what the fans think about what could be done to make the team better instead of just hey here's a logo that's going to give us 100 points more in the in the being a better team like uh, no it's not just because you have a new logo doesn't mean you're going to get to play better exactly all right man so glad i got that out <laughs> not gonna lie feel, feel very much better yeah you look lighter <laughs> All right, man. So let's get into some headlines. All right. All right, man. So the first headline is Sergio Aguero is not in trouble. So this past weekend, uh, Sergio Aguero was speaking in the, in the Arsenal loss. No one, no one needs to care about that game. <laughs> Are you sure? How many so, points was it? One <laughs> to nothing. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. So Sergio Aguero ends up talking to a Lions woman. Um, was, you know, I don't know what he said, but he looked a little frustrated and then tried to put his arm around her shoulder. And something came in, it came into my head though. It, well, I mean, the way she reacted, obviously she didn't care too much to have Sergio Guerrero's arm around her shoulder. So something tells me that this was clearly inappropriate. Um, but do you feel like Sergio Guerrero would have done this if this was a male linesman? He probably would have been, no, he probably would have been all up in his face, maybe. But I don't know. Has he ever tried to grab somebody on there like that? I don't think anybody's ever thought about doing was, that. But it was it was an aggressive grab. It wasn't just like a friendly grab. It was a friendly aggressive can, grab. And clearly, she just didn't want any of it because obviously, she quickly like put mm-hmm. like took his hand off of her. So, I mean, I feel like there should be some sort of at least a warning, maybe. But. um well, they deemed it that it was not offensive because they felt that it was not aggressive um, at the end of it all. So he didn't get punished. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I personally, I didn't like what I saw. Neither did I. I, I think it was because I just who touches an official? Like to begin with, I feel like you just don't do that. Like I've, I've never seen anybody put their hands on an official before. Not even, not like that. Not, not even, even as something as just putting your arm around their shoulder. So, why, why did Sergio Aguero choose to do that? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I can't give you a straight response out of that, but I, I wouldn't agree with it either. And like I said, it was fairly aggressive. And, and even if it wasn't like aggressive, it was a friendly, you know, touch on the shoulder kind of stuff. It's still wrong, but it was like the fact that he grabbed her and just looked like he was gripping trying to stop her from going to where she was going. And it was just, it was just bad. It was, it was just a bad move on his part. And I don't agree with him going unpunished. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he should be, you know, at least getting some sort of fine and maybe one or two games for, you know, touching, I mean, touching just an official. You just don't it touch just, an official. Like, and then, yeah. So, I mean, it just doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female. It's like, you just don't touch that official. Exactly. You don't, you don't put their hands on them. They're exactly. there for a reason. They're, they're doing their job. 
Mm-hmm. So even if it was like fairly aggressive, it was somewhat aggressive, non-aggressive kind of touching and stuff. I mean, you see whenever they dispute a red card or even a yellow card, they go ahead and go put their hands like this, like they put their hands up or behind their backs and say, hey, but it's hey, never ref. on the ref. Yeah, but it's never on the ref. They're like this. If they get close to the ref, they'll go in front of his face and then put their hands like, oh, they're trying but to... There's no contact. But made. there's no contact. So it also I doesn't, don't know it also what entitled him to just... I guess add some more, more fuel to the fire. It's also kind of COVID-19 is also kind of an issue. True. So yeah. And to get that close to somebody and wrap your arm. Central group. What the fuck are you doing, man? What was that? Like, at the end of the day, taking a page from Diego Maradona is yeah, what I'm, I'm seeing. I see, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. His, that's his father in law, right? Oh, that's, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diego Maradona's probably watching the game, like, out of boy. <laughs> As he's snoring some cocaine. And <laughs> I think he's wow. still coaching uh, Dorados. Is he? I know. I know that Netflix did a sh- uh, a series about him being the manager. I don't know if he's still there though, but I just thought it was funny. All right. Uh, so the next headline is Virgil Van Dijk is out for 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 a few months. I think he'll probably be out for the season, man. I think so too. Um, the, the way that Pickford just went at him, it wasn't intentional. I could it was, tell it was a clean. It was it, clean. It was clean. It's just the fact that whenever he went. For that landing, when Pickford went and tried to stop the ball like that, his leg got caught right in between, and it and it hyperextended his knee. Like you could tell, you whenever you, it's like if you or me were to jump, and we jump too hard, and we're not used to jumping at that height, and we land, and our knee just goes kind of like in that forward position. I, I have to be descriptive because this is how it happened, and it bent like that. As soon as I saw that bend like that. That's it. I yeah, was like, like you're, you're, especially the fact that your leg is like moving forward. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's moving in a way that's probably not supposed basically, to move. Basically, it's like your your the tendons right there just kind of snapped. That's yeah. it. And I was so like, oh. obviously, it's an ACL injury. Yeah. Um. Well, he's gonna need surgery on his knee. Um. Does this? How much? How how big of this is an impact to to Arsenal? I mean, not Arsenal, Liverpool. Liverpool. It's pretty big. I mean, you got that big tall dude. He actually scored goals whenever it's time for corner kicks. Or even headers them, but he also got that he's a he's good at clearance, and he has a very intimidating personality. You don't really see a lot of players actually trying. Mean, he is one of the best center backs in in the league in the world. Yeah, and then you don't actually see a many players taking one on one. It's it's been a few, you know that that all they do is just use his their speed, and they'll go ahead and do like that one small feint and take him on and just whoosh. But you won't see them actually. Try to do step overs in front of him, or like, oh look, you can you can't take the ball away from me because they know he can actually take the take the ball away. But I don't know who you're going to get to replace him. It, it's going to be tough, especially maybe Mati. Maybe no. I mean, even then, though, I mean, like you're going to have to work with what you got at this point because I mean, you, you yeah, can't you can't make any transfers till you can't make any transfers at all. But yeah, he's. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm praying for his for his well being for him. You know, yeah, I mean, so, at this point, he's just gonna have to like take it day by day with the recovery and everything. Yeah, and I know um, he's gonna be. He's gonna. Be I mean, hurt. he's he's basically gonna have to focus for next season because I be, I think it would be best for him just to just to focus for next year because I think if he does come come back a hundred percent before the season's over, I still think at this point it'd probably be too late anyways. So it'd probably be just best for him to just fully just get as much recovery time as he can. Yeah, and, and pace himself to come back even stronger the next season. 
Because I mean, AC Andrews, I think with how advanced, you know, obviously, uh, uh, just the medical field has become. ACL ACL injuries are just not as as bad as it used to be. It's still a severe injury, yeah, but they, I think they use some sort of like glue now. But the recovery, I feel like the recoveries are because I think at some at one point the ACL injury used to be like a career ender, like that you're you're done. Yeah. Um, but I, obviously that's not the issue anymore this time around. But um, obviously we we hope Virgil Van Dyke because I mean he's he's one of the best in the world, and obviously that also hurts the Netherlands as well. So yeah. I mean. Uh, hopefully he gets he gets a good recovery because I mean he's he's definitely a, a big part of uh, of Liverpool. Yep, he's he's um uh, wasn't he like the FIFA face for a year last year? Yeah, yeah. he was the cover athlete. Oh. And the last headline is the MLS will not have a supporter shield winner in 2020. Disclosure: I don't fully understand what that is. All right, so the supporter so. shield. Is it's not really anything to be honest. It's just the, it's just something given to the team with the best record. All right. So essentially, well, what every other team in, in in every league in Europe, the winner, the the person, the team that finishes on top of the table, right? They win, they win the trophy. But in this case, they give a supporter shield, so they award the team with the best record that season. And and funny enough, everybody that's won, as far as I know, everyone has won the supporter shield. Has never won the MLS Cup. Hmm. So fun fact. Wow. Um, but yeah. So uh, the the committee that created the Supporter Shield, this thing has been worn since 1998. They did write in the 96 and 97 winner because that's when in 96 that's when the MLS started. Um, but 98 was when it started uh, when they did the Supporter Shield. And so what it was was just a group of fans that the Supporters Shield, like obviously. So a group of supporters decided that they wanted to create an award for the, the team with the best record. And that was the supporter shield. Um, it, I think, I think also what, the, one of the reasons was, was just the fact that with the scheduling being what it was, you don't really get to see majority of the teams like you would in regular MLS season. So they feel like maybe that's not necessarily a fair way to announce a winner of the supporter shield. And, and then also, uh, the fact that there's no fan, well, there is some stadiums that do have fans in the stadiums, but I think because of the lack of fans, they feel that that maybe kind of ruins the allure of the supporter shield. But yeah. uh, I, I guess you could, I could see that. Even if you do like a digital voting, still at that point, it still wouldn't be the same. Well, they don't vote on it. It's just the team with the best record. Like, oh, yeah, and, it's not. It's not and so it. Toronto FC, who would. I mean, I think if, if things finish right now, Toronto FC would be the team that would win the supporter shield. Um, so they're not happy about that because they're like, you know, what the fuck, you know, this, it would have been our year. Does that, does that one actually come with the prize money? Do you know? Maybe something, but I just know that most teams that win the supporter shield don't end up winning the MLS cup. So, I mean, what's, what's bigger to you actually winning the actual championship or winning the supporter shield? I mean, of course, the championship still just. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where, like, hey, well, we got this. <laughs> yeah. All right, but all right, let's get going with some game recaps, Edward. So, what is your game to recap? Uh, my game to recap is. <sighs> Damn it, Hector! Will you pick the game? Don't I don't, know. don't don't get at me I, about I, it. Well, I gotta be mad at somebody, and I can't throw the phone at anybody else. 
So uh, you're 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 by far the closest throwing distance. I think I could hit you there. Yeah, but then you can't afford another iPhone. So uh, yeah, that's right. For all you Android users, I'm using an iPhone. Um, this is an iPhone podcast. Yeah, Spencer also has an iPhone. <laughs> Anyways, I picked Getafe versus Barcelona, and the reason being was because we were joking about this, talking about hey, you know. Barcelona, they may actually have trouble with this team. Um, by the possession, I don't think they did have trouble. It was seventy three percent to twenty three percent or twenty seven percent. So I don't, I don't think it was that much trouble. It's just the fact that they lost to Hetafe. Hetafe, we even said we clearly stated that the last time that they played against Real Madrid, they gave Real Madrid a hard time. And well, they, well, Real Madrid beat them last time they faced off. Yeah, they did, but they still gave them a hard time. Oh, that's, the, the team's a headache. I mean, it's it's just one of this, those. This is this is why I tell people. Okay, so obviously, when people ask me, like, "Oh, what do you think is better, La Liga or EPL?" Look, I'm just gonna say this: if I'm a Real Madrid fan, and that's specifically my team, like that team trumps every other team that I support. That should tell you one thing. I'm a La Liga guy. Yeah. And, and I, this is what I told, told the people that we were getting into this argument for. I was like, look, man, I'm just going to say this. I'm biased. La Liga. And they're Same. just like, but La Liga, there's only two teams that win the championship. I'm like, well, there's three now. But I mean, like, the team, the league is difficult. Like, it, it, each, each, it's like you're in a league full of teams that anybody can cause an upset. Yeah. And it's been showing up. Recently, and it's, it's just the beginning, so I I don't know what to expect. Exactly. So I mean, yes, the EPL quality wise, I get it. I was especially with like the amount of players that come to the EPL makes sense. But then again, like the the thing is with me is like, I think there's more of an exposure of the EPL because I mean, do you really get coverage of the Bundesliga? Do you really get coverage of La Liga? Do you really get coverage of League One? Not really. But EPL, I mean, at least people know majority of what's going on in the EPL. Yeah. And so La Liga, I mean, not many people talk about La Liga as it is, but I mean, fans of La Liga can tell you like, no, nah, man, there's some really good teams in La Liga. There's some sleeper teams and Hetafe is actually one of them. Hetafe is one of them. I was like, I was surprised. Um, did, did, actually, uh, my did, hyping of Mark Cucurella. Yeah, I guess. It? Maybe. But did, but did it live up? I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I have to say yes on that one. <laughs> but it's just, even then, uh, Etafe outshot Barca. So I don't know how I, I mean, feel about it just kind of goes back to the whole thing that like, just because you have possession of the game doesn't necessarily guarantee. It's not, it's not how long you have the ball. It's what you do when you have the ball. And then that's one thing too, where it kind of goes back to possession and the difference between that and Tikitaka. That that was that's the, that's a big difference right there. Tikitaka, you can show what you got, what you what you can do with the ball when you have the ball. Possession, you're just passing, resetting, and then going back again, passing, resetting. And I, yeah, I, I just it. it was just not a good game. And I mean, it, it's fitting that the only goal that was scored was off a penalty. I think yeah. this game kind of like the, the, the icing on this cake of a game was just like not a really. Not the best for Barcelona, obviously, but like 
I mean, four shots, man. That 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 was the best they were able to do. So you had to give credit to Katafi. I mean, they had to have been really good defensively um that game. But like the it's fitting when you have a game this ugly and just it had to be settled off a penalty. Like it wasn't even like someone created a goal. It just literally just it was a, a mistake that happened in the back line that they just a costly error and unfortunately they had to pay for it with a penalty. Yeah. I mean no the only thing I can think of is that maybe they didn't go all out because they're trying to save up for the Champions League. That's the that's the only reason why I feel like the Champions League. Yeah, then, but when I see that lineup, I mean, that was a pretty good lineup. Yeah, it was. And I mean, Zergino Dest made his first appearance. First start. First, first start. Yep. Yeah, uh, and which sucks. I mean, I mean, he had some flashes. He had some good. He, I think he made some good plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Sardino does definitely is living up to, you know, well, his hype. His hype. And so, I mean, there's something to be excited about, but maybe you can, I can, I can see what you mean. Maybe they're like, we don't, we don't want to go too out loud for this game and, and somebody get hurt. Cause obviously we do have a big, uh, Champions League game. Couple of games ahead, actually, too. Yeah. Yeah. You have a rough stretch of games coming up because you do have what? Champions League. Ferencabros. Like, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, in general, you have, you obviously have the Champions League, and then obviously this weekend, you is, got it, Classico. Classico, so. And then the three days after that, you got So Juventus. it's a rough stretch of games for, so. uh, I mean, not, not only for Barcelona, but also on Real Madrid. And I mean, like, this is a stretch of games. You got Champions League, and you got sandwiched in the middle between these Champions League games. You got to face off against the rival. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting week, uh, nonetheless. So for my game of the week, uh, my game recap, it is AC Milan beating Inter Milan 2-1. to one. This is the first win in five games that uh, AC Milan wins. They broke a four-game losing streak against Inter uh, Milan. The possession was fairly even, 55-45 in favor of Inter. Not bad. But obviously, the man, the myth, the legend. The lion. The Zlatan. Uh, scores two goals, quite disgusting, by the way. Especially the the the, the assist from uh, Rafael Leao. Oh yeah, Ooh, man, that karate kick. Oof. I was like, this Sp- Spencer, nuts. you look at that highlight. You're gonna you, even you're gonna be like, bro, this boy just do that. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be. It, it's this dude is crazy when it comes. He can whenever he talks shit, he can talk. He can back hey, it man. up. Zlatan is an arrogant asshole, but he's he's a proven arrogant asshole. Yep, he he can back it up, and it's been. It's, but it's this, just crazy to think that this this ended this losing streak that that AC Milan has. Had. Part of me is kind of like, well, maybe not too early. Obviously, it's too soon right now. But you're like AC Milan. I think they're back. Yeah, I think they're back. I, mean, I just the fact that the the Milan Derby is back, like the fact that it was it was such a good game. It wasn't like, oh man, Inter. Well, I mean, you didn't feel like, oh man, Inter Milan's going to win this game because I mean, Inter Milan obviously has been doing fairly well a lot longer than than AC Milan has as far as like coming back into the work the woodwork of 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 Serie A. Yeah. But you know, now you're seeing AC Milan, you know, kind of you know building their way back into it. And they're having a really good season. I mean, aside from, you know, just, just pointing that out, they've been having a really good season so far, and they have yet to have lost a game. That's true. So, I mean, Zlatan wants, Zlatan wants his titles. He, 
He wants him bad. He, he, he chose AC Milan for a reason. AC Milan got Zlatan. So he's like, I'm not here to waste time, man. I'm here to win trophies. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know. And the man looks pretty good for a 30-something-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I think 38 maybe is, I think, his age. He's and and he's... There. I mean, the way he manhandled... Like, the way he manhandled... The, the first... Because the first goal was actually off a missed penalty. Zlatan missed the penalty. And, and the just, ball just came right back at the ball wanted to, the ball's like nah Zlatan we need to redo this <laughs> score the goal which so, one poor blocking by the goalkeeper by the way because I mean if you're going to parry it parry it out not you know parry it going out to force a corner kick not parry it right back to the guy that just you know kicked the ball I, I don't think he meant to do that it's just and maybe it's he was intimidating because it was Zlatan it's an unfortunate bounce back yeah he was intimidated because he was Slatan. No, I, I completely agree. But yeah, congratulations to AC Milan. I mean, I feel like this is something that the fans have been waiting to see in such a long time. And and for them to finally overcome Inter, Inter Milan, um, you know, obviously they got they got another beast to deal with yeah. uh, <laughs> to like take care of uh, soon. But I think uh, that's going to be more more of an intense matchup. And I don't think it's necessarily going to go their favor in Juventus. But um, I mean, you know, you're looking at this AC Milan team, you're like, man, this team could, can definitely, you know, change some things up and as far as the, the landscape of, of Syria. Yeah, I mean, they're, they, we'll see what they have to offer against, uh, Juventus. Cause that, I mean, I'm not saying Juventus is doing amazing, you know, they have their, but that's still downs, the standard, but it's still the standard. It's still where you gotta be at. So if you beat them and with the star studded team, and you got Slatan at the helm. I mean, hey, anything is possible at this point. Exactly. Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I know Spencer wanted us to keep... Oh, man. I for, I, dude, honestly, that just came out naturally. I know. I just, I told, like, so so I shout like, out to uh, Spencer's sister. Uh, oh, hello. I, I didn't get her name because Spencer didn't tell me. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, uh, but apparently we have a listener. Uh, she's, she's actually liked our show. She's converted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So... <laughs> So she, he was telling us about how she actually, when we said anything is possible a few episodes back when we ended our, our one of our episodes, she she found that hilarious and she said she wanted us to do that more. But well, I was like, I honestly, but it, you know, to me, honestly, it's like it's that was such a a raw moment where we kind of just said it, you know. Well, I just said it right now, and I was like, dude, I was like, anything is possible. It wasn't even. I, mean, I didn't. Even let's face it. If you hear anything is possible, you think of Kevin Garnett. I of mean, course. like, if you don't think of Kevin Garnett, then I don't know who you are. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's just. <laughs> I, I like how that became a meme. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw, it, I was like, when he when he gets out of the friend zone. Oh, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shout out to my people at the friend zone. I'm right there with you, bro. You, you can, you guys can get out. It happens. <sighs> I've never I'm experienced hope, it. But... <laughs> I'm hoping, I was like, I was like, I'm hoping for it, bro. I'm hoping for it, bro. <laughs> Oh, I've man. never experienced it firsthand, but hey, anything can happen. Oh, <laughs> All right, thanks. so thanks. So, Edward, we are going to try to fix the MLS. All right, let me go get my tools. Let me just. All right, so the MLS, and I feel like I, you know, obviously, I said it last episode. I think that there's a laundry list of things that need to be done because I think MLS has so many issues that I feel like they try to gain the interest of Americans but at the same time try to entertain people 
from the outside world, which is obviously Europe and all the other places aside from the U.S. Basically like Latin America and Europeans. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of it all, like people just don't like the product. Um, Some people find it confusing, and I can't blame you for that (laughs) either. So here are some of the things that I think need to be done in order to fix the MLS. And to start out with, I think, I think the MLS needs to partner with all the leagues that are in the U.S. So USL, NASL, if that's still a thing, um, anything, any soccer league, any governing soccer league that's around, they need to partner up with them because I'm done with them trying to like make these bidding wars to like join the MLS. One, there's almost like, I think at this point, like 32 fucking teams in the MLS. It's too much. Okay. (laughs) It's just too fucking much. Like, you know what? You have all these teams. You have a lot of people that are trying to get into the MLS. Just, just build something big. And, and obviously leading into this, you got to establish divisions like promotion relegation needs to happen. Yeah. And I think that this is honestly what you need to do anyways, because there is those teams that maybe don't have the financial backing to support an MLS team, but with some time, you know, they can establish themselves more and more. So let them move up in the divisions and all that. And so, maybe then, and maybe then, uh, even, even like, let's say, you know, the GMs or the owners will be willing to splurge a little bit more knowing that, oh shit, if we get relegated, we're not going to get as much money back. We're not going to get anything back at all. But also the teams that are in the lower divisions, well, we're going to have to develop youth players. Like yeah. we need to start developing youth. So this is kind of what it, what I'm thinking of. Like one, the MLS needs to be only 20 teams. Okay. So 20 teams in the MLS. First division only? First division. Okay. And then second division, like go, I would ideally say 20 teams each league until you, you finally go all the way down to the lowest tier. Just because Sunday I, league, I think 32 <laughs> is just too fucking much. Like it's just too much. Yeah, it is a lot. Because one, I'm done with Eastern and Western Conference. I think it's stupid. I always thought that was stupid. Um, I, if I still like the idea of a playoff concept, but I want the legitimately the best teams like facing off each other. And so this is what I'm, what I'm thinking of. Start the seasons on January and August, Liga MX style. So an opening and closing season. Uh, yeah. So one, you play every team once, just like in Liga MX. Yeah. And then the top eight teams go into a playoff. They play, you know, the playoffs, you still have the, the, the excitement of a playoffs, you know, have your champion. And now you have two seasons, two different, if you have two different champions, obviously you could do like a super cup, uh, if you will. And then just, just let alone that the fact that you have two champions, you already have two representatives for the CONCACAF Champions League and the runner ups could also be in there for the CONCACAF Champions League. And you can still have the U.S. Open. I, obviously, I would prefer to still have the U.S. Open Cup and still have that as a spot to go into the CONCACAF Champions League. I want the CONCACAF Champions League to expand a little bit more as well. All right. That's a, that's a big, big, uh, big leap there. Uh, I mean, I'm, this is just my thought process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think the reason why I like the idea of January and August is because you're not playing in the summer. And, and the reason why I'm highlighting the summer is because that's when all the tournaments are happening. Yeah. I'm done having MLS games during the FIFA World Cup. It's fucking stupid. So there's that. Um, but also recognizing the transfer windows 
because the thing about it, if you're having your season going on during the summer, when the summer transfer window is open, which is two months long, yeah, you're literally bought, just bought a player. They have zero time to actually prepare, like train with your team, gain some chemistry, and then you just throw them out there in the fire. Like, hey, boom, go play. So, and that's where we lose a lot of the uh, those young prospects and stuff like that. Like, you buy you buy somebody young and stuff, and then you're just throwing him in the fire. And they're like, man, like this kind of sucks. Like, there's no training. I don't know what to expect in training. But not only that, but then like, if you're in the summer, like, I mean, let's just say like the team you're in has like three players went to go play in Copa America. Yeah. Well, so like you're like, oh shit, then we don't even have our. We don't have a death. Some some of the players don't even have death. You got freaking center backs playing midfield. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I'm like summer in January. That, that's why I'm like August and January. So that way you still have the summer transfer window. Then you start like late in January, so that way you have done at least some some transfers before the season starts. Um, so that was my thought process. I'm gonna you hearing this, right? Thank, please and thank you. Two, I mean, well, not actually. Now we're at four. Recognize the FIFA schedule. So obviously, like I already said, in, uh, transfer windows, international breaks, and tournaments. So because also MLS still plays during international breaks. Yeah. So fix that, so we don't have that. We don't have that whole. Once oh. again, you have a depth issue. You're, you're having international break. You're still playing, but you're obviously if your player went off to serve their serve their their national team, you're without one of your best players, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you're killing you're killing the appeal of the games already as it is with that. Yep. All right. I think this is obvious, but no salary caps. And I understand that, like, that's what everybody else in the U.S. does. Oh, except for one league, and this is who I'm kind of copying right now. Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball does not have a salary cap. They do, however, have a competitive threshold. So a competitive threshold is basically each team has a set budget that they can use. If they go over that budget, they must pay a luxury tax. And that's kind of what I'm thinking with the MLS. So each team does have a competitive threshold that fits towards their budget. Unfortunately, obviously, the rich teams can go out there and buy the players that they want. And maybe the teams that are obviously don't have that financial backing are kind of SOL. But what that tells me also is if obviously if you don't have the financial backing, you're probably going to get relegated. So now you have time to go ahead and regroup and get ready once you come back up to the MLS. Yeah. I mean, and, and being relegated isn't always a bad thing. Like some players who they're actually wanting to play, but they know that they still have a little bit more training to do and stuff. They'll come in and then they'll play for the B team and then the B team will get promoted to the A league. And that's when uh, they'll be like, you know what? This team's been good to me. And then that player is worth more money. You can even sell them to Europe and get more money off of there. Get uh, two players for that price of one or three players. And then at that, uh, at that point, you can even keep that one player and he's going to be your stud basically for the next two, three or four seasons. Exactly. All right. Remove pay to play. In the academies. Obviously, if you have lower divisions, they're going to have to find another source to gain players, which is the youth academy. Yeah. Let the youth academy be part of their financial budget. If they want to build up their youth academy, so be it. If they don't, well, that's up to the teams. But don't take away pay to play. And I know that there's going to be some NCAA violations because of that, which maybe will abolish men's soccer, college men's soccer, but I think it's necessary. Sometimes it's a necessary evil. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying remove pay to play. 
make the academy a reason to go play there. Yeah, like make sure it actually calls out to the talent, the right talent, not just because you have money or anything like that. There's so so many players who can actually make a big difference. And how many times have you seen, man? You know, this player used to come from nothing, and the next thing you know they made it big, just because he went to go play for this small little team. And then the big teams ended up picking him up. Sadio Mane is a prime example. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Remove the MLS draft. Oh, God, yes. Please. Let's do that. The Please. draft is stupid. It's pointless. I will, however, keep the MLS combine. Ah. And, and this is why. I understand people are going to choose to play college soccer, especially if there's a scholarship opportunity. Maybe there's just those guys that can't make it, that can't cut into youth academy, but can at least get a scholarship to go play college soccer. Okay. Now, as much as I'm not necessarily a big fan of college soccer, and I think it kind of hinders a lot of these, at least the males. I mean, women's soccer is obviously successful, so we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna we're ruin. We can't broke what's MLS. Yeah. We can't broke what's not what, you know can't fix anything that's not broken. Yeah, but obviously, men's soccer is. <laughs> but I will still have the uh, an MLS combine, so guys that you know that get out of playing, you know, that no longer playing college soccer can still participate in the combine. But what would be different, obviously, there is no draft. So the teams that are scouting the combine, they can go and directly talk to the player that they want specifically and try to get them to come. So now you're giving also, not only are you giving teams the freedom to go speak to whoever they want to speak to, but you give the player the freedom to choose where he wants to play. Maybe Nashville SC isn't the team that he wants to play for. Maybe he wants to play for for the Portland Timbers because it's closer to home or some shit like that. Yeah. Now the player has options. Now he's not getting drafted by this team and he has to now play or well, basically maybe ride the bench or probably never play ever again a professional soccer or ever. You, you, get, you get what I'm saying though? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's, and also, it's also another avenue for teams that get relegated. So you just, you just lost, you know, you, you got, you just got relegated down. You probably lost some star players, obviously, because they didn't want to play in the second division. Well, you got this MLS combine. Go check out some players. Some of the guys probably be like, well, I don't like the idea of playing for a second division team, but I know I'm going to play. Yep. Yeah. You're right about that one. Exactly. So that's the reason why I would remove the MLS draft, but still keep the combine. Okay. I can, I can, I can, I, I can see eye to eye with you on that one. And then the last thing is, I will no more Adidas apparel for the MLS. Yeah. Now the MLS, if they want to be sponsored by Adidas, that's fine. You like game ball, all that stuff. Like if you still want, if yeah, MLS yeah. still wants Adidas, they can have Adidas, but let the clubs pick their apparel sponsors, yeah. their apparel, the, the apparel deal, whatever they want to do. So like, I like more variety. I like that, especially if you're going to have multiple divisions, it just makes sense to do it. Like, Let's see some different companies, like you know. Let's see an Under Under Armour. Let's see Nike. Let's see Puma. Obviously, Adidas. Shit, you know what? If you really want to make it like that, you could even do Reebok. I mean, if Reebok decides to get into the soccer, uh, back into the soccer business, but I mean, anything it's anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm but, just saying. But I'm just saying though, because then you're also going to see the other companies like Lotto and yeah, Umbro, so, um, Umbro. Like you're going to see Mitre, like, Voit. Like, Let's oh, have variety. Let's have a variety. Let's see um, that. Uh, what was I going to say? On that one, I was going to ask you, 
would the players okay or do the players now have their own private sponsorships kind of like how Messi's with so, Adidas so Griezmann is with so the, 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 the apparel like so the way the Adidas is it with the MLS jerseys like anything that they wear but shoes are not as the only thing that they don't have a Right. I say on because obviously okay. that's a liability issue. So if you force this player, like, you no, know, you have to wear Adidas cleats and then he's, he like tears okay. his Achilles. Okay. He just happens to be wearing Adidas cleats. Maybe he's like, no, I prefer wearing Nike because Nike's more comfortable to my shoe. Like, oh, well, I tore my Achilles. Well, I'm suing you, Adidas. So that's kind of yeah, how they're okay. a way okay. of getting, okay. avoiding that issue. All right. All right. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Okay. But how about the, um, the Under Armour, you know, under the undershirt? It's Do usually they, Adidas. So you have to wear Adidas. Yeah. You have to wear Adidas. Okay. So see, so some people might actually like the make uh, of Nikes or Under Armour itself. For um, like me personally, I like the Adidas Climate Cool. Um, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like for apparel, so apparel. Mm-hmm. So if they choose to sign with Under Armour, well, guess what? They're wearing Under Armour tops and underwear, Under yeah. Armour bottoms, and tracksuits and all Socks. that. That's Under Armour. The only thing they'll be able to get like freedom of is their cleats. Exactly. So like if they whoever they sign with with cleats, that's who they sign with, with cleats. All right. Yeah. Or gloves if you're a goalkeeper. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's one thing I was wondering about. So that's what I would do to fix the MLS. So what are your complete thoughts of once you hear all those things? I mean, I I agree with you. I like I've been telling you. I honestly thought the freaking West West versus East was kind of dumb, kind of shit. To me, in my opinion, when it comes to soccer, I love it on basketball. I love it, but when it comes to soccer, I just I was like, man, this is kind of stupid. Like, um, I wanted the European concept, but you know what? I can actually live with the Liga MX style, the club, La Casura Apertura. I, I I can live with that. Basically, whoever if they tie, whoever has the most goals in the table gets to move forward. You know, I I like that. It's it's a surprise. I think with the playoff format, I probably if it's an event of a tie in the playoffs, would you go for overtime? I would go for overtime. I, I so think, you try to bring that old school stuff back because yeah. I mean, recently it hasn't been. I, I haven't really seen it to be honest. Because I, I, I find that very lackluster when I see that in Liga MX, only because like you're like, oh wow, like you know, like there's sometimes where I get excited where Toluk, I think Toluk is gonna advance to the next round because I thought they had it on. On aggregate, mm-hmm. and then I found out because the other team is a higher seed, they automatically advance to the next round. So that kind of was no, kind of. It's not actually about higher seed. I think it's what it is. It's like if they have more goals, the goal aggregate. I think that's how it works. Not a hundred percent sure, but I think that's how it works. I mean, yeah, you could say the second place. Uh, yeah, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I'm looking at my dog that's licking a box. Oh, <laughs> Whoa. that's the same look you gave me when I'm crazy. Apparently, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> All right, anyways, back to this. But yeah, it's it's usually by goal difference, like how it's done. That's that basically, if you have a positive, say you have a plus eight, and you're in second but place, it, it comes from the league standing though, so it has nothing to do with the actual the playoff. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I don't like. I like I like the idea of like, hey, if we're tied, no, we're gonna settle who's the better team right here, right now. Okay. Not, not who was the better team then. All right, all right. Let's do it. Let's put it like that. Let's play. It does go that way. What if they have, just like they do in Champions, they have two games the same day, and then one is being played at a certain time. And I don't know, because of the way how we don't have, I guess, as many soccer stadiums as Europe does. Wait, are you talking about like having them play in neutral sites? I guess so. No, like whoever's the higher seed has like, 
has a home field advantage. I would I would honestly want to do aggregate to like have them be able to play two games. I can understand maybe to speed things up, maybe just one game. But if that's the case, then I would have the higher seed play at their their stadium. The final I would say would be a neutral side. The championship game will be a neutral side game, I think, just to make it just to have like something exciting. But like the playoff itself, the higher seed gets home field. All right, so that's bringing a little bit of like a football, the wild card shit. Yeah, not the wild card, but you know what I'm saying. Like basically, all right, okay. I can see that. I can see that. I'm just trying to line all the ducks in a row to see if this now for for relegation. I do think that like you combine the points from the year from that like from both seasons, mm-hmm. and then whoever is the bottom three. Because I honestly, obviously, if you if you were if you were at least in the bottom area, I don't think you're gonna bounce back and win the second the season. You know what I mean? So the, bo- the bottom three it, from from both from both seasons combined would be up for relegation. Now, what I would add, so the 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 seventeenth seat. No wait. 2019, 18, the 18th seed, them and the third place of the lower division would go into a playoff. Mm. So, like the winner, winner, obviously, winner either stays in division Division one one or or they get relegated. Okay. Add some drama, you know? I mean, that usually I like how they do that. I mean, usually that's that's how I like it. It's it's pretty fun. Because obviously, like, if you were the better of the worst three, I feel like you you at least deserve a fighting chance to to keep like give me a reason why like, I mean like you weren't clearly weren't the worst team, and then clearly like the third place team even though you did finish in top three, you weren't the winner. Yeah, so, you know let's see like who. Who's um, really? Yeah, I'm sorry, my dog that, is like that, that box licking, bro. My my dog's literally literally licking at a at like a random cardboard box that's in my room. <laughs> it's just kind of like what the fuck is he doing? Anyways. But yeah, so that's kind of my idea with the MLS. I think it's interesting enough to get people to watch the games, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't want to see it as an approach like, oh, we got to compete with the NFL or we got to compete with it. Regardless, like your season is going to overlap with somebody else. Yeah. So at this point, like who fucking cares? Just focus on trying to make your season appealing for soccer fans. Like stop trying to like reach out. I mean, Try to reach out for the people that don't like soccer. Like, still try to do that, but let's just make the league simple enough for the soccer fans to like want to follow it. Cause I just think the MLS is just tries to make things too complicated than it needs to be. You're right. I mean, to be honest, like with all these quote unquote new rules you put, um, I, I would actually watch it. Like I would actually watch MLS and actually try to see what's going on around here. Cool. So at least I got the Euro snob in. All right. Edward, who is your player of the week? Uh, okay. So my player of the week is actually an underdog in an underdog team, which I was not expecting for them to win. It was, I, I came to the conclusion of my player of the week based off how the game went. It was the Tottenham versus the West Ham game. It, 
Tottenham was ahead by three goals, three zip. I think it was like the 65th minute or the 75th minute came through. And I mean, not, not trying to throw out any names out there or saying that he's bad luck, but when Gareth Bill came in. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't it's, care. It just, no, it's not. I mean, Gareth Bill is a good player. I, 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 I like him, but it just, I feel like he was just like that. I don't know what it was. Were they expecting him to do some crazy shit? Because apparently it, that's when everything went downhill for Tottenham. All three goals came back in. They got tied back like in the final 10 minutes. In the final 10 minutes, they got scored three goals on them. And so I pick Manuel Lanzini because he scored the last minute goal and it was a beauty of a goal. No, yeah, I saw that. (sighs) Like, I mean, like, if you, if you're just a fan, like, if you're just trying to be like, if, if you're just watching the game, I think as someone that's just being a bystander and just watches the game, you were hyped because it went from like, Oh, Tottenham is about to beat this team 3-0. Like, you know, just another, another, another big win for, for, for Tottenham. Kane and Son because they were the ones that yeah, scored. Yeah. Like, just another typical day in the office for Tottenham. And then all of a sudden it was just like the most just lethargic look I've ever seen was- from Tottenham. Like, it just, they got complacent. In the final, t- and that is the worst time to be complacent. And the last goal was in overtime, uh, uh, injury time. Yeah, in- injury time, not overtime. I'm tripping, but yeah, in injury time. And it was a, it was a, it was headed out by Harry Kane, and then somebody else caught like a little snatch to it, trying to get it out of there. And then all of a sudden, he just, he just went for it, opened his body, and just shot the crap. He shot a rocket to well, the I top mean, like, corner. West Ham just basically played that game with nothing to lose. Because I mean, that's they, literally that's what they did. That's literally what they did. Yeah, nothing to lose all at that, that point. pressure. It was all that pressure. So that is a great comeback, but terrible collapse at the same time. Uh, I was like, I was. you don't expect, I was not expecting that from Tottenham. I really wasn't. No, not and the I way mean, Tottenham looks really good this year. Yeah, and it's Tottenham just, really looks good. And so like for them to, to, to do that, they... They became their worst enemy in that game. Oh, they did. Like oh, West, and West Ham just took full advantage of it. I, I mean, I clearly they. I mean, they won the game. So, no, yeah, that's a great no, one, they, Manuel, they Manuel Lanzini. I mean, that this is kind of what we we kind of we, what I was saying, man. Like, there's just guys, teams that people just don't follow, like West Ham. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't know the players. But Manuel Lanzini is a, a really good player, man. If you can't, if it wasn't for the fact that he. Plays for West Ham, like I mean, I just don't. yeah. If you can't Spence, watch the highlights. At least just watch the highlights of that game. Literally, the whole game was Tottenham was on top of the ball the whole time, and then all of a sudden, it, something changed in the last ten minutes, and that's when you would see Tottenham playing in the back. Even their attackers, like they were all in the back, like trying to stop them from scoring, and it just didn't happen. They tied it three to three. Tell you, the last goal was a beauty. Yeah. All right, so my player of the week is Giovanni Simeone right. um, from uh, Cagliari. He scored two goals in their 3-2 victory against Torino. Uh, that game was just really bizarre to me. Why? It, 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 it was like, it was just interesting to me how this game went out the way it went. It just, none of the goals seemed very... It was just sloppy. <laughs> I think that's the, the best way. Like, I'm not trying to, like, downplay the game, but the goals just kind of were just, like, you know, just bumbling and it's stumbling. Just, and. Just like a, a, basically, the goals were mistakes. 
made from the opposite team. Yeah, and I mean, it was a good game regardless. I think it was, it was. I think, I think obviously, like you watch, it's just like, hey, this is a Serie A game. <laughs> like, so you just no, because it was very, it was, it was a physical. It was, game. it was a very aggressive game. So I mean, and and Giovanni Simeone, I mean, just doing a good job and and able to get the win for his team. All right, all right, I can see that. I can see that. Um, do you see him playing anywhere else? Just in the future, um, reference. I mean, he could probably make it elsewhere, but I think where he's at with uh, Cagliari is a pretty good fit for him. Okay, okay. All right. Now um, we're gonna go to the game previews. Uh, I picked two games. Uh, I picked the first game is uh, Chelsea versus Man U. I mean, that's how can you not? It's it's just. That's a rivalry right there. It's a rivalry, but it's like a rivalry you really haven't really hyped up in a while. No, it hasn't because it really hasn't happened. Okay, so Man U hasn't had the players that they do now, and Chelsea have actually been playing pretty decently um, in the sense that Man U has actually won their last three games out of the last five. And I feel that Marcus Rashford's finally stepping it up. You know, I feel like he's actually up there now. Um, so you still have Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, uh, Bruno Fernandez. Oh, dude, that dude is killing I it right Pogba's now. I think is actually eyeing an extension. Yeah, he is. I think they so, actually said that he's he's maybe going to do another extension to where uh, in his in his contract it shows that he cannot leave the club until he finishes his contract. Even if so, they want to buy him, and you being some cheeky bastard, right yeah, there. Yeah, they are. But I mean, oh. with all the right purposing. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for the Chelsea Man U game. It's it's gonna it's be just, it's gonna be a really good game. I mean, obviously, also you look at Chelsea and what they have with their young crop of players. Pulisic started this last ma- this last match and they the team Chelsea looks so much different when Pulisic's on the field. Oh yeah, and I mean they've looked pretty good already, but with Pulisic, I just they just look so different. Like I'm. Kai Havertz looks so fluid when when he was getting that that's, ball from. That's, from, that's from when he was just. That's when he just he just scored. Kai Havertz, I believe, scored two goals, and he actually scored the the third goal for them to actually have the win. But yeah, that that younger those, no. those, just those guys in general, like the, the 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 big three that we talked about before. You know, Timo Werner, uh, Kai Havertz, and then to throw in Christian Pulisic also into that mix. Like the the young players that that this Chelsea team has, and Frank Lampard is just really having fun with it. Oh yeah, I mean the only player he's probably a little worried about is Kepa, but <laughs> but I think this is going to be a really good game. Like it's like who's who's young young group of future stars is going to be better than the other, and then who's who's the, who has like the more solidified veterans that can keep these guys going in, in the game. So I think that this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, if this is not on NBCSN, I don't know what is because this is this got to be all for all. This is going to be for everybody to see. This this is actually going to be a hell of a match to watch. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. So who do you got? Um, Man U. I actually have Man U on on it on the radar. Like I I legit have Man U on it. I'm excited. It it is not the fact for just because of Kepa, <laughs> but. If you think about it, it's, it's going to be basically the current um, Spain goalkeeper versus the future Spain goalkeeper. Hmm? Is it really? Uh, that's what like, everybody, I mean, everybody was hyping how, how old is David De Gea? Like, I think he maybe just turned 30 or something. No, like that. he's still, I believe he's 28. 
Yeah, so I don't know if it's, if if if, if Kepa's really gonna be the future goalkeeper because I mean that guy could like easily just like retire before uh, before the hair. I mean, I'm just saying. No, like, no, I get what you mean. I mean, it's just uh, I feel like that's I feel, how it is. So I'm gonna. I feel like in this game, Bruno Fernandez is gonna be more vital than he has been ever before. And that's not saying a bad. That's not like a bad thing. I mean, I think no, this guy just rely lives, on him. Yeah. lives for the pressure. No, they're going to rely on him a lot. And I think that this this is the game where, like, if you didn't really think Bruno Fernandez was good, like you're you're about to see you're, you're about, about to, to be out. you're about to become a believer of Bruno Fernandez. And so I, I I'm also with Man U. I think Man U has the chip on their shoulders right now because obviously they're they're still kind of in a prove it kind of mode. You know, obviously a lot of people are are still kind of on old gunner. Like, they don't believe that this guy could really be the manager for this team. And I mean, I kind of still do believe that. But I think the players will rally in some way. And if they beat Frank Lampard's Chelsea, the young, sexy-looking Chelsea team that they have, uh, that's going to spark a lot of interest. That's going to spark a lot of confidence in the Man U fans. That could be a big... This could be a big, a mo- big momentum shifter for both these teams, honestly. Like... If Chelsea comes off and wins it, obviously they're going to solidify. Like, hey man, we're we are the top three team. We're we're in the top three. But if Man U can do this, they're like, yeah, we can sneak in somewhere. Like, I mean, we can we could be looking at Europe at some point. Yeah, I mean they they can actually. I feel like they can with the current squad that they have. But they just have to they just have to show up, man. But I mean That's they also they, have, they also got some they got some rough a rough week coming up as well for them too because I mean they also got Champions League going into there. Well, both teams actually have Champions League going into this. Yeah, it's it's gonna be nuts on this side, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna not they're gonna pull out all the stops just for this game. I have a feeling that they are. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I can see that. All right. So, what's the next game? Uh, the next game is actually I know this is gonna be weird, but Bayern Munich versus Frankfurt. It, the reason being is like um, Bayern Munich has. Has won the last five matches that they've played, but Frankfurt hasn't lost any at all. Wow! So, and I mean, Frankfurt is kind of like the underdog. But I think I think Frankfurt is. I mean, obviously they got Andre Silva. Yeah. So that's probably one reason why I'll probably be watching it. But obviously, it's also Bayern Munich. But that's crazy thing that Frankfurt has yet to have lost a game. Um, I mean, I know it's not a, like a glamorous game, but it's one of those. Um, I feel like it's gonna be one of those nitty gritty games. I think it's where, one of those where you're like you you're hoping for the like it's like we got a big matchup. Like it's like you try. It's like when in 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 boxing, right, where you have like the solidified top fighter, and you try to find a way to hype up the the opponent. Like, oh man, this guy hasn't lost a fight. I mean, I mean, Frankfurt is a pretty good team. I think a, a maybe not a team that everybody talks about, but Frankfurt is usually in the mix. He's for not, he's not re- they're not really talked about for the fact but that they, you got they're always involved okay. with some tournament, like either in, either they're playing in in Euros or in in the in the Europa League, or they yeah. somehow found themselves in the Champions League. Yeah, like that's one of, that's what Frankfurt is. So I I think that this is kind of building up in a way where either. Armenia continues to reign their dominance, or or if they go ahead and flop like they did against Hoffenheim, and, so, and once again we're talking about a team that, well, they they got Champions League coming up, so yeah. they also Champions. Like I tell you, man, Champions League has a factor has a factor in, into some of these teams' decision making. So yeah, so this could be Frankfurt's way of taking advantage of 
a team that just right now has a lot on their plate, or you know, Bayern Munich proves that hey, we're we're the top dogs for a reason. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know. Actually, on this one, I'm I I for sure know that Bayern Munich is a heavily favored team to win this one, but I really I, I want to say Frankfurt is actually going to take this one by one goal. By one goal, it could even be a one-zero. I think I feel like it's going to be the upset, like Etafe pulled on Barcelona. I just I don't know. That's just my. Feeling. I think the what what this what everything that's going on with Bayern Munich. I mean, Bayern Munich hasn't really lived up. I think to some people's expectations. I mean, it's still early, but I mean, like Lewandowski is the only Lewandowski is the only Lewin- one that I've that's going to be a big factor. Is Lewandowski going to play? Uh, or are they going to Are they going to try to conserve him for Champions League? So that's 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 another thing you gotta think about. So that's gonna be a big factor for me. But I think I think Frankfurt has a way to kind of just slip in and take advantage of a team that's just gonna be busy. And I hate like spilling like spinning it like that because I mean obviously you don't want to give an excuse as to why Bayern Munich lost. But let's face it, when you have a team that's competing in Champions League. They're gonna have to make some decisions. They're gonna have to sit some guys out for so you're not really gonna be playing the team. Even though we we've said it that Bayern Munich is like stacked all the way through. Yeah. So but I mean, hey, if you're not playing as much, there is also that's also an issue. So when you're not playing as many games, you're maybe not as sharp as you normally would be if you were consistently playing. And maybe Frankfurt takes advantage of that. It's possible. It's possible. And like I said, I wouldn't count them out. All right. So, yeah. And I'm going to let you take this one. What's the third match? The third match. It's the first one of the year. And this is the match of the century. We, this is the rivalry. I don't care who you are, what, what league you, you side with. You've heard of it. You know, El Clasico is the biggest game in the world period no if ands or buts about it this is the rivalry probably has the most viewership of any games i think in my opinion as far as like club level obviously you know world cup is its own thing but this is a big game and obviously we're talking about real madrid versus barcelona this is the battle of two heavyweights that haven't really looked that good <laughs> this year they're, they're like they're like um featherweights for a little bit you got you got uh, Barcelona, who's like the heavily favored with Messi on it. But then you also have Real Madrid. You got Vinicius Jr. You got Iguain. Uh, I'm tripping. You got Benzema, and then you got Marco Asensio. You got you got some good ass players on that team as well. You have a back line that has Varane and Sergio Ramos, mm-hmm. Mendy or Marcelo, depending who they choose to have on left back, and then on right back you have Carvajal. Or Oriel Zola, depending who they put on that right back spot. My thing is, it used to be a really, really, really hyped up game. Not, not just because it was a Clásico, but because everybody was always talking about Messi or Ronaldo. Messi or Ronaldo. But now that Cristiano's not there, and that Messi's like, his mind and his passion isn't really in there. I feel like you're trying to downplay a Clásico. No, no. <laughs> it's just, I'm just trying to see like, how is it going to look right now without Ronaldo in it? I mean, this is where the next person steps up in it. And I think, I think this is for me, it's not going to be so much messy versus some savvy veteran. It's going to be 
Ansu Fati versus Vinicius Jr. Ooh. I think it's the two the two bright the two stars, the, fu- uh, the future of, of both these teams. Um, we might see Rodrigo. I, I think that's another name that you're definitely going to have to look into. Yeah. Um, you can never count out Benzema. I think Benzema will be that savvy leader <laughs> to, to definitely up top. But it's going to just be who has the better defensive uh, group. Is that group of Casemiro, Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varen, uh, Mendy, and, or Marcelo, yeah. or Carvajal? Can that group be disciplined enough to keep Messi silent, make, make Ansu Fati not a factor? Um, and then on the other end, is the backline of Barcelona able to contain Benzema, Vinicius Jr., Modric, Rodrigo, Rodrigo, uh, freaking Isco, Asensio, Rodrigo Valverde, Asensio, all like whoever is up top, whoever is the, 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 the formation, the lineup is going to show up. Basically, can they contain them? It's going to be, I think usually we would always be focused on the attacking. Like, oh, Real Madrid's going to score more goals because of Ronaldo. You also have two solid goalkeepers at each end. You have Thibaut Courtois on one end, and then you have Mark Ter Stegen. So, this is the the question is going to go down to whose defense can hold up the other side better. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say this, but Real Madrid's midfield looks more solid than Barcelona's. I can see, I can see what you mean. Like, the, I, it's just interesting what, what Real Madrid is going to do with that midfield because it could be Madrid, Cruz, Casamiero, but then it could also be, you know, Cruz, Valverde, Isco, Isco, Modric. So like, they have this, this, they have options in the midfield spot. And Barcelona really doesn't. It I really mean, does. you have I mean, the young, you have, you have the young Busquets. I'm staying silent because I'm trying to think of a big name, and I can't. And obviously, Messi and Ansu Fati are on the wings. Yeah. Even though I, I, I imagine at one point Messi would end up dropping down to the midfield, but it just hasn't happened, mm. um, and I don't think it's ever going to happen at this point. Uh, there's one prediction I do want to make on this one. I think Zergino Des might actually start. I, well, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think that's going to be huge because I think that's going to be the first time. Well, I mean, obviously it's going to be the first time an American plays in El Clasico. Yeah. Um, so I mean, once again, just keep adding more things to Sergino Des. Yeah. Fuck you, Netherlands. Um, <laughs> but obviously this game means a lot to us because, well, obviously the last time they faced off Real Madrid won two to nothing, <sighs> but also both these teams are coming off of embarrassing losses. You had Barcelona who lost to Gaddafi. A team that's stubborn as hell and annoying as fuck. And then you had Real Madrid who lost to newly promoted Cadiz. Um, I'm sorry, who? Uh, newly promoted Cadiz. Um, that's, that, you kind of have to sound it out there, sir. Newly promoted Cadiz. Uh, you had your hand in your face there. You gotta God just... damn it. Newly promoted Cadiz. Okay. El Salvador's gem, Cadiz. <laughs> His voice is El Salvador. Well, yeah, a lot of Salvadorians love Cadiz because that's where that's the team that gave a shot to, to Mahu Gonzalez. Who who anybody uh, wants to know about El Salvador, that's our goat. Um not the best goat, but that's our goat. He loved, <laughs> he just he laid off on the alcohol he, and yeah, the cocaine like, and the, the women, the cocaine, the beer, and the alcohol. 
But we just would show up to practice sober. This guy could have played the Barcelona. <laughs> if he only could. <laughs> but, yeah. No. Anyways. Um, yeah, they're they're both uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are both coming off of embarrassing losses that I was not expecting. And, and it was funny enough is like when we spoke about uh, Liverpool when they got that embarrassing loss to Aston Villa. Aston Villa, we we said, man, I would hate to be the team that has to play against Liverpool the next week. And when you see these two embarrassing losses, you're like, I would really hate to see the team that has to play. <laughs> and then when you, it turns out that. They both have to play against each other. They're going to go at each other because, for one, the Clásico, they're rivals. They're embarrassed. And they're embarrassed. So they're going to have a lot of rage going on, a lot of passion, a lot of... Uh, it's an intense game. It's going to be intense. It's going to be And blood to, to add more things to it, obviously, you guys know, Edward's a Barcelona fan. Yeah. And I'm a Real Madrid fan. It's club. A la Madrid, nada más. Yeah. So you have two guys that are on the other ends of this game and it's just it's it's intense. This is this is a hate week. Edward, I hate you. I hate you too, Hector. I hate you too. With a passion. With a hat trick passion that I feel Messi may actually contribute to. What does the <laughs> FCB stand for? Fuck club boy. Oh, calm your calm your tits. Calm your tits. Literally, come your tits. I can see them from over here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, from this amazing black and gold Real Madrid jersey that I'm rocking. Yeah, I see that. So we'll cover them up. Cover them up. I don't Those see horizontal them. strides make you look fat, by the way. You sure? Yep. You positive? Yep. Can we take a picture? Yep. <laughs> horizontal stripes are stupid. But so is glitter. You bought me this jersey, you idiot. Yeah, I asked him. I think I'm going to shoot that jersey yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> it was a birthday gift. It was a birthday gift. <laughs> no, but yeah, so this game is going to be... The, uh, El Clasico never never disappoints, I think, in my opinion. Even when Real Madrid loses or when they end the draw, uh, obviously I'm happy when Barcelona loses. But <sighs> I mean, like, this game never... It never ceases to disappoint me. I think that it's always... You're always at the edge of your seat at every second of the game. And it's just because it's a really good game. It's a rivalry. It has so much history behind it that, like, you know, honestly, it's like if Edward sees another Barcelona fan, he's going to be like, hey, what's up? And then if you, if you see me see another round, what the fuck are you laughing about? <laughs> I came up with something. Sid. You know how we normally have a bet? Yeah. Okay. How about the loser? Whoever loses, the loser has to wear. The winner winning team's jersey. What? Yeah. The, okay. So basically, if Barcelona wins, you were, we wear a Barcelona jersey for a day. If I if I lose, if Real Madrid wins, I have to wear a Real Madrid jersey. Barcelona jersey. I'm gonna wear. You're gonna wear mine. <laughs> Bro, that's no, no fucking way. Yes, you're gonna wear. Bro, you're a size gonna, small. It's a medium. You're that's gonna, worse. I'm gonna rip that jersey. I spent too much goddamn money. To I rip. have another one at home. You gonna wear that one? Uh, I don't you're know gonna wear that. that one. As tight as it's gonna look, that's why I was laughing. You're gonna wear that one, and I will wear the pajama size that you have. It seems a little bit more fair towards your end, though. How? It's going to look like I'm a starving child down the street. But at least yours is going to fit. My, you're, like, it might not even, I might not be able to get my head through that. Not this one, but the other one. 
What's the, that one size? A medium? <laughs> Regardless of, bro, that's like, I'm going down two sizes. You're going up two sizes. That's not going to work, bro. Deal or no deal? No. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, people, people. Prank him up, prank him up. Tell him he's going to do what it. What is this? The spirit bomb? Like you, the spirit I bomb. Need your en- I need everyone's how energy. This? How about this? I need everyone's how energy. How about this? What? Loser of the bet, loser of this game, has to sing for the outro the song of the winner's choosing. You already know what song I'll make you sing. Yeah, but you don't know if you're going to win or not. I know, but still... You just saw that big smile on my face. Damn. Ah, uh, I'm down for that. All right, I'm, not, so, I'm not backing down. All right, so, so Spencer, that's going to be the outro for next week. Is <laughs> <laughs> what's What's funny is to me, we will also. What re- if it backfires? What do you mean? What if What if What if you're the one with the idea and backfires on you? You mean like if Rama just loses and I have to sing? Then I have to sing. That's the bet. Okay. What if it's a tie? Ooh, uh, Do we both sing? I'm really I, thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that would seems like a fair bet at that point. Because the thing, thing about it, tie, we wouldn't do us. Well, I mean, good. both teams didn't win, so I mean, I can see your logic there. All right, if we do that, Spencer picks the song. Okay, all right. So, Spencer, you hear me? If, if a classical ends in a draw... You pick the song that me and Edward. So I'm trying to pick a duet or something. Oh god! Um, no, don't tell them a duet. Oh, and it would have to be a duet. I mean, I already have a feeling. I know what song you might pick. Oh, do you, do you know Spencer that well? Like, no, you know I just have song? a feeling because I would pick that song. For all we know, he's probably gonna make us sing Lizzo. So I mean, like, oh god! <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of a uh, uh, Ebony and Ivory. Oh, that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, I can't go that high pitch. That would have to be up to you. <laughs> Watch, it's like some Elton John. The that that one song. The ah, fuck, ooh, something or other. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah. Or, or what was that song that uh, that Michael and Jim sang in in the in in the Jim's party in the office? Um. Oh fuck! Lovers down the street, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe the Osmond twins. <laughs> oh god, Spencer! If you're hearing this, just ignore Spencer's all those just, ideas. I bet you right now, Spencer's just laughing the hell. Dude, up Spencer's already researching he's a like, song. He's probably like, bro, I'm, I'm hoping that he's, this is a he's literally listening to this, and he's actually maybe he is gonna hope for a tie. I mean, he is a Atlético Madrid fan, so I mean, you mean Atlantico. Atlantico Madrid, yeah, he's an Atlantico Madrid fan. So I mean, Spence, that's for you. So I mean, you know, if we each get a point, then that just helps Atlantico Madrid's all possibility. <laughs> Could work for Atlantico Madrid, Spence, but I just have a feeling he's not even listening to this anymore. I feel like he's just—he's literally on his computer already, just looking up a song. Like, oh, what are they going to sing? If they tie, he's going to have it ready for us and everything. All right. So in the event that there is an actual winner or loser, though. We'll obviously record it and put it on Instagram so you, you, you still get that part. Ah, Jesus. All right. So a little bit more embarrassment adding. Not only are we going to be singing on air, but then uh, it's, it's there forever for everyone to see on Instagram as well. 
That's going to be hell of embarrassing. I'm going I'm to take a couple of drinks for that one. All right, man. So let's go ahead and wrap things up with a would you rather. All right, bring it on. Bring it on. All right, man. Always be super late or always super early? I'm always super late, so I take that one. So wait, so how do you have a job? <laughs> they need me. You buy taco. You buy. You bring lunch. You bring breakfast. Don't no, you? no. Actually, the uh, I get there. Okay, I'm supposed to be there at seven. At times, I get there at seven o five. So that's not 7-09. super late. That's not super it's late. It's considered late if you're the opener. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, see, so if we open at six, but I got there at seven and then seven ten or something, it wouldn't be that bad. But I have to be there at seven. So I have to be there at six fifty if anything. All right. Well, I always tend to be super early to things. So I mean I'm I'm already used to it at this point. God, how different are we, bro? <laughs> All right. Always get a green light or never stand in line again. So whenever you're like at a light, it just automatically turns green. Or never or stand. never stand in line again. I guess never, mm, I mean, it's always get a green light because uh, I hardly ever stand in line now that I think about it. Like, I had to actually retrace my steps and see if I stood in line a bit. Yeah, but I, when I think Wait, of... I take it back. I take it back. I don't want to stand in line because I just remembered uh, whenever I go to any restaurant, any drive through and then, like, you know, I kind of have to wait in line, especially with, like, Chick-fil-A. Uh, oh, yeah, that counts. I, I, that counts, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely say never stand in line because I mean, like, uh, I mean, it, obviously, I go to sporting events and all that, so it, it kind of sucks when you have to w- like wait in line to go to the bathroom or wait in line to like go get food, all that stuff. So, like, if obviously if I don't have to worry about waiting in line, I mean, I'll gladly. I'll, okay, I don't know what I said, but I somehow activated Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hector. Anyways. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'd rather just, I would just never want to stand in line. Plus, I don't mind waiting at a red light. I mean, unless like I'm, I'm late, which I, I'm rarely ever late to things. So as, I mean, I'm usually just, I don't mind just cruising around. I'm that typical Hispanic that's always late. So you're probably, you're also that person that like shifts like lane to lane a lot. How do you, oh yeah. I mean, you you drifted with a with a with a Toyota 4Runner. Yeah, that was back in like what 2008. I don't think I have that in me anymore. 2007, to be more accurate, but yes. All right, change your eye color or your hair color. Eye color. Could uh, say why? Uh, well, my grandfather he uh he basically looked exactly like me. Had the same hair, everything. And but he had honey brown eyes, like that honey colored eyes. So you want honey brown eyes? Hell yeah! You have any idea how many girls I could have pulled by this time? Hell yeah! Not with that scar on your nose. Nah, this is a chick's tooth scar. Apparently, <laughs> you told me that. I think that was Al. Yeah, uh, you a hoe. When we were watching uh, Die Hard, no, Live Free Die Hard. As soon as as soon as the guy was telling the the, the kid, it was Justin Long, I think, and he was like. Don't worry, chick stick scars. All of a sudden, you see Alvin just standing up and pointing at me like the fucking evil monkey for Family Guy. And then I was like, sit the fuck down, get down, sit down. He's like, I knew it. That was such a fun day when I look back at that day we went to. It wasn't so much watching Live for Your Die Hard. I didn't really find that that movie to be the fun altogether. But like, you know, we went to the buffet. Uh, We had, had, uh, who was it, Uh, Jesus? 
Oh, yeah. He, he was talking about the long sausage that he had. Mm-hmm. He was like, it was this big. It was so big. I couldn't oh, my- even fit my mouth in it. Like, oh, I was like, dude, God, this guy dude. is like setting himself. He was basically like that episode of The Office with the billboards. And, and, and he kept, just like literally just like lobbed and it we up. we kept asking him too, like, wait, what? How big? What What did you say? And what did oh, and he was oblivious. Like, that was he the was, part that didn't know how dirty it minded. We he he was shit. like so, yeah. so innocent. Uh, we ruined him that day. Yeah, we did. All right. Anyways, back to this. Um, I would actually change my eye color. I think that that's what. Because I mean, I don't mind having black hair. I think black hair is fine. Yep. Um, uh, I'm I'm not that person that's gonna dye my hair. Yep. Unless I lost a bet or something. Um, damn it! I should have used that one. <laughs> but uh, my eye color, I think I would I would maybe do like green eyes or something like something different. Yeah. Something eye popping. Uh, uh-huh. uh All right. Be. In a flight delay for eight hours or lose your luggage? That would depend on what I have in my luggage. Honestly. Well, I mean, you have to pick which one. Uh, a flight delay for eight hours? I guess a flight delay for eight hours. If I have my phone with me and everything, I'll be fine. Yeah, because I, I, I would hate the idea of losing my luggage. Because, I, I mean, regardless if it's clothes or something like that, it's still, I don't want to lose my clothes. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I mean you can make a day at the airport. I mean you can just I have. I have. Hang out hang out at the at the bar, maybe get some food. Maybe maybe look read some magazines. <laughs> I don't know, make a day out of it. Charge yeah. your phone, take a nap. A big nap. <laughs> Try sneaking into the first class. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, my name is Mr. Henderson. Would you care to let me into the first class lounge? Just let me see your plane ticket. Uh, I seem to have left it in my bag. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Would you rather be on a survival reality show or a dating game show? Survival. Dang, dude, you didn't want you want a chance at love. Uh, I took it. Look what happened. <laughs> so I'm good. Uh, I'd rather do survival. Well, honestly, it sounds more fun. If anything, there's more mini games. I think. Really, I think I would love to be on The Bachelor. Oh, and not so much about like the whole emotional roller coaster that is The Bachelor. Well, okay, maybe that wouldn't be The Bachelor. Maybe it'd be like competing for The Bachelorette. Maybe that would be more fitting. But I mean, you're in this nice mansion. You have like some pretty good, you know, like a nice bed situation. All the alcohol in the world to drink. Um, yeah, I'd probably make a day. I'd, I'd make a good time about it. Maybe I'd try to like stay, keep myself in the game for a little bit, but then like finally like, you know, maybe I just don't, I'm just not that good at listening to her and then she just kicks me out and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, at least I got a good, good trip out of it. Try to get alcohol on your luggage yeah. for, for when I survive. I come out with all, like, all the snacks that they had in the, in the, in the house and my luggage. I'd be like, sir, sir, what's and up? I mean, I'm just going to be stuck in a flight delay, so I know I'm not going to lose that. <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, I think I'd rather do survival. Like all the mini games and stuff looked pretty fun. There was this one. Have you ever watched The Bachelor before? Nah, never been. Never. I've seen uh, I've seen the the the. I guess it's called like a like the survival show that John Cena was done. Can't remember. American Grit. There you go. That is not a dating. Oh, but I see a survival show. Yeah, where they like like you have like these uh, military people. Yes, military people come in and they try some of that shit. So the first season of that American Grit show was uh people that are tough like yeah real american grip people with those you know former ex-military people that were like kind of like their their cadre yeah and 
And so they're like, oh, you know, let's see what happens when you put an alpha with another alpha. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is very not entertaining. And it's like, okay, how about this? People that want to find their grit. So now you have like people that are mm-hmm. have like confidence issues. Hi, I'm a stay-at-home dad, but you know, I'm going to try to see if I can make it. People grit. that like just have like so, something about them, they're just not motivated enough. And so now they have the cadre like, Help them build the most, make them better yeah, people, bro. Like so, that so that was thing. that was more entertaining for me was seeing that. I, one I wanted to be part of that actually. I honestly wanted yeah, that to be part that of dude John Burke. Uh, he's like this, this like ex army mm-hmm. infantry guy that he basically just does videos of him reacting to like snowflakes and shit. But um, he's entertaining. I mean, it gets he gets a little too political sometimes for me, so I had to like unfollow him uh-huh. <laughs> just because I'm like, okay, this is getting annoying now. I see. No, but yeah, I think I'd I'd go I'd go for survival and you go for dating. All right, see 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 where we stand. I just like how you you actually like I want the challenge and I'm like oh, I just want a nice vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even trying to win it. I'm just I'm just trying to like just have a good time. Maybe maybe make it to like the to the point where Dude, like, by the time by the time I get it done with all that survivor shit, I'll probably be ripped as hell. Like so so where are we where are we traveling to Fiji? Oh, okay. I'm gonna try a little bit harder this week. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it's funny. Like uh, last year, I decided to watch The Bachelor, and it was because Why? I knew one of the contestants. What? Yeah, I, I, I work with one. I used to work with one of the contestants from The Bachelor. Um, she was so I'm not gonna say her name, but um, so I was watching it out of support for her, and then. I didn't know what the fuck I was watching because obviously I've never watched The Bachelor before. <laughs> so I had my friend, uh, won't say her name either, um, kind of like coach me through it. And so I had to understand like what each fucking rose meant. Cause there's like a, there's like, so each group date, there's a rose that they give and that girl's like already, she's good. She's not, she's not going to get eliminated this week. Yeah. <laughs> so like learning all that shit and then understanding one of my okay, so what I learned from this season, uh, that season of The Bachelor. So the guy that was in it, he competed in The Bachelorette, and the whole time when they're introducing the girls, some girls were like doing these windmill jokes, like, and I was just like, "What the fuck does the windmill mean?" So turns out this guy, his name is Peter, uh, Pilot Pete. That's what they call him because he's a pilot. Um, the, in The Bachelorette, because he was like in the final four or final three or some shit like that, he went on their group on on his you know one on one day with the girl. And they fucked in a windmill, in a golf course. <laughs> right. They fucked in a windmill and golf course. And I was just like, they did what? And then apparently he did it seven times. And I'm like, that's fucking impressive, especially in a fucking golf I course know. windmill. Uh, so you're like very compact. You're not really have much leeway for yourself. And, and you did it seven times. That's impressive. And he lost. Huh. And he got eliminated. <laughs> so he like, I was just like, Damn, that sucks. Like, <laughs> but now he's the bachelor. Um, but apparently that was the, the biggest, like, uh, the worst bachelor. Well, maybe not the worst bachelor, but it's definitely up there as one of the worst bachelors. Cause, uh, he, he basically didn't get any of the girls, like not even the girl that won in the, in the finale. Like he, he screwed that up big time. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. It was pretty entertaining. I was like, you know what? I might watch the bachelor again. Oh man. Not no, the bachelor. Yeah, just cause I, I just. Something it tells me this should be nothing but a bunch of bros. So, yeah, that kind of just like no, I, I'd rather watch The Bachelor. I used to watch uh, what was it? 
uh, Flavor of Love and uh, Rock of Love. That was the That was, yeah. Well, Flavor of Love. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess also, uh, also Brent Michaels is a little creepy as well. But I mean, like, you know, he actually competed in The Mass Singer. He did? I yeah, he was, he was a banana. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, those dating shows were, were a trip. Yeah. But anyways, so that's the show. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Unhinged Sports Network, who we are a part of. Yeah. Um, you can catch us on Thursdays at 11 a.m. That is when we drop our first episode. And then also they run, they rerun our episodes throughout, uh, throughout the week as well. So you will always have an opportunity to listen to us on Unhinged Sports Network's website. Um, so go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Also want to give a shout out to Alejandro Gomez, who made our awesome logo for us. Um, basically, so, I told her... So awesome. Uh, I told her that, you know, hey, I want a logo done. She's like, what do you want me to do? And I just started go out queen, and she gave us this logo. I'm so fucking... You just, uh, the way you make it sound, go off queen. Just the way you didn't actually talk. I said go off queen. I mean, it was in text, but it's, a, it's go off queen. Like, I was oh like, man. What, what, what do you think? <laughs> I was like, yes, go off queen. Like, <laughs> that what you just guys? like that. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's, that's your own fault. And, uh, but yeah, so if you like our logo and maybe you have an idea that you want a logo or something like that, well, go ahead and follow her on Instagram at Ale Gomez Graphics. Just hit her up. Tell her what you, what you're thinking. You, you don't have to tell, actually, you know what? Go ahead and tell her to go off queen. Go, tell her to go, oh, go off queen. Oh no. Maybe. And she'll know that, that I sent you. So there's that. And obviously we got to give a shout out to our producer, our, our, just the guy that's the new Atlético Madrid fan. The guy that's like the reason why we sound this damn good. Roosevelt Spencer. And you can follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. So if you guys like the beats that we have for this intro and the outro, or you just like the way we sound, hit him up and you guys can maybe do a collaboration because he's all about that. So He's awesome. He's, all right. a, he's a funny, funny dude. So once again, everybody, uh, thanks for listening and can't wait to go on with next week. Thank you, guys. Y'all take it easy. Take Hola, Madrid. Ah, Vizca la Barça. Go, go ahead. Do your, do your thing. Vizca Barça. Vizca Barça. <laughs>
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 